Hey everybody, welcome into localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm Tim Muma and you're listening to Management Decisions, a podcast focused on topics that affect employers and management. And while the subject of a gender gap is often discussed, we're going to take a look at another potential discrepancy between the sexes, moms versus dads. To examine this further, we have Shirley Engelmeyer joining the show. Shirley is the CEO of Inclusion Inc. She's also the author of two books, Becoming an Inclusive Leader and Inclusion, The New Competitive Business Advantage. Shirley, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks. I really appreciate you having me. Now, generally speaking, I think a lot of people would assume that parenthood nowadays tends to affect workers in a, a similar fashion. You know, A lot of people taking on dual roles, both in the workplace and at home. You and the research says that might not be the case. This is really interesting body of research that came out of the University of Massachusetts Amherst. And this is not a short-term study. It's a 15-year study by Dr. Buttock. And she actually found that there's a wage bonus for men and a wage penalty for women. Hmm. More specifically, imagine that men's earnings increase 6% while women's decrease 4% for every child they had. Wow. So we wrote about this in LinkedIn last week in a Moms versus Dad in the Workplace, a Losing Battle. It may be interesting to note that we had a lot of responses on this. The women mm-hmm. who responded found that these findings were true and shared personal examples, and we had a number of men who challenged this. What would you say are some of the reasons that women are adversely affected by having children, whether it be just that, that percentage that we're talking about there or any other factors? Well, you know, women are the ones, it's really not a surprise that there is an impact for women for a number of reasons. I mean, it's most common for women to step out of the workplace because they're the ones that have the children Mm -hmm. and continue working. And so that career gap can be affected if employers are not really focused on making sure that there's a clean transition coming off and going back on. Do you see any research or has anything said that? You said it doesn't surprise you. So is there anything that says why this occurs? Is it because time is taken off and then you sort of, you lose that idea that, you know, you've been in the workplace for this amount of time or can you point to anything? Well, you know, there's a body of research by Corel and it suggests that biases still exist and it's not sure. a conscious thing. What you, what you asked about, is it intentional? I don't think any of this is intentional that someone says, oh, let's, um, penalize women because they're going to have babies. But the perceptions that, that she came up with in her research is that fathers are more stable and more committed to their work once they have children. And women who have children will be less productive and more distracted. Interesting. Yeah. You mentioned it there. And obviously, as you also said, the research showing that sort of career boost, which I find fascinating uh, from the male side, the thought is still that men are going to be still dedicated to their work. But why would there be an increase? Why would that make them more appealing, so to speak? I'm not defending some of these findings because <laughs> they, they sound kind of old school to me. Right. But it, it seems that when single men get married, that they'll be viewed as, especially when they have kids, as settling down. Mm. You know, they're settling down and now they're having to, again, kind of an old school notion, take care of their families and that they'll be more committed and they may stay in one place more than one time because they've settled in from their, you know, being a single man. So again, for, for our perspective, as we both kind of chuckle about that, that seems kind of a strange perception in 2014, and yet it's prevalent. 
it sounds like you're a little surprised by this. Does it shock you? Is there any part of it that isn't surprising to the research side looking at the men getting an advantage? Well, the part that doesn't, I mean, the parenthood piece of it is really something prior to this research coming out that I actually hadn't thought about. A lot of the work that we do on an ongoing basis deals with, you know, how is it that women are not making more strides generally in the workplace. So from that perspective, it doesn't surprise me. I've mm-hmm. been doing this work for over 20 years. And if you think about in the year 2014, in the CEO position in the Fortune 500, 96% of those positions are still held by white men. How has that happened? How, how is it that we're still kind of butting up against that when we have been working on this for decades. And it's not about not having qualified women in the workplace, but there's still something that happens. So this is more a nuance to say, wow, this is impacting parenthood in a similar way. Oh, that's very well put. And uh, I think a lot of people do have that question of, you know, we're, we're in the you know, second decade of the 21st century, how is this stuff still occurring? But I do appreciate that you mentioned you don't see these things as being intentional in a majority of cases. So I think that is something it's important to discuss and, and at least have awareness of what's going on. Now, I did want to touch on one other thing that I didn't necessarily give to you ahead of time, but is there an acceptance of women being able to leave work or stay home from work when it comes to caring for children as opposed to men? So is there sort of a reverse idea when it comes to that? You know, we don't see that from our work that there is a penalty in a sense, whether it's men or women. I mean, it still has to do largely with women. One thing I would offer is organizations that are really starting to get it in terms of the fact that they want to really protect the great talent, whether it's men, whether it's women. Mm -hmm. In the case of having babies, let's face it, it's still predominantly women. But being really intentional with this notion of offboarding and then onboarding and what that would mean if I went out for maternity leave, we would make sure that we would get everything in place so things would be covered for me when I'm gone. If I may be taking longer than my six weeks, a way for me to stay in the loop on what's happening and then have the ability to come back into my same role after the baby. So that's a really um, creative way that organizations have been working with this. Another creative way, uh, just kind of elaborating on that, is this notion of, you know, work life. Mm -hmm. You know, in our organization, obviously we're not a, a Fortune 500, but in our organization, we have two different flex things that are happening right now. One person had a new baby, and we've got it worked out that she'll work from home two days a week. Another very talented man that I have in the organization is a choreographer, a singer, and a dancer. And he got the opportunity to do shows two days in the middle of the work week. So we're flexing around his schedule. That may seem like apples and oranges to parenthood, but in each case, they're going to completely get their jobs done. And more than likely, they're going to work harder because they have the opportunity to be working in that flexible way. I think that's a great example and uh, being able to intertwine both the male and female side. And as you said, maybe the, the male isn't involved with the children in that case, but, um, but I can definitely see the correlation. Another question that comes up or a topic is the idea of when men and women have children. And again, of course, it often goes to women because they are the ones physically giving birth. 
And the example that we always talk about with the females in my family and other people we talk with is that some women get married young, have children young, and then they say, well, I'll focus on my career once the kids are older. Then there's the other point of view of, well, I want to establish my career because with modern technology, there's a better opportunity that we can have children older, and then I'll worry about family after I've been established and it'll be easier to come back. What are your thoughts on sort of that kind of dueling idea? Well, I don't know that there is, as it would relate to the research that we spoke about, that there is an advantage one way or another. Okay. I would say that the advantage, as you spoke about in your family, of getting your career established first is that you come off as being very career-minded, and that's your higher priority. Sure. I know from having been in corporate myself during the time I was even thinking about having a baby, I never breathed it to anyone <laughs> because I was nervous that that was going to impact me as being considered serious about my career. The person, there may be a, a financial impact for the woman who has her child later because her offboarding and onboarding will allow her to pick up at a, a higher financial level. But I think the potential risk is there either way, that someone's worried that you're, when you become a mom, you no longer care about your job or that your career isn't as important as your kids. Hmm. There is research that says that there's archetypal differences between men and women, not stereotype. Archetypal means it's primarily from the in-group. So I, as a woman, would agree with most other women that my family is going to be more important than my career, but it doesn't mean at the risk. It just means when my child is sick, I want to go take care of that child first. Or if I'm going to miss some big school play, I want to go do that. But that doesn't mean I'm not serious about my work because I may do all my work that evening and stay up till 2 a.m. to right. finish it. I think that's an excellent point and something that you're right. A lot of, I think that might be where the disconnect comes between especially women and the employer and, and that focus on families. So I think that's a great example for people to hear. Let's look at this a little bit further from the employer's point of view. Obviously, we want to be able to help from that perspective and, and giving people in management positions an understanding. What are some ways in which they can be sure they aren't being biased toward mothers or toward parents in general? What could you offer up as suggestions? Well, I think that because let's back up and put this in the context of what's happening in business today. Things are changing so radically, so fast. You talked about it before, technology, whether you're a global company, you're impacted globally, you have Gen Y entrants coming into the workplace, those born between 1980 and 2000, radical demographic shifts in terms of who's working there. So I would suggest that we think about all of those things, but let's back up and get out of the day in and day out and say, what does that mean for how we do work here? Mm -hmm. Part of what you're, you're lifting up, and I appreciate you bringing up the unintentional nature of it, because we all have bias or filters that we operate through. It's not that I get up and say, oh, I would like to pay men more who are parents than women. Nobody would ever do that. But how do you back up and say, eventually, post-recession, we're going to have a major talent crunch here. Baby boomers are going to be leaving. They didn't during the recession because of all the financial implications. And how is it we're going to make where we work the best place for the best talent to work. And that really requires intentionality because people have to kind of step back and say, wow, any of these factors alone would be big. And then let's, then the thing we're talking about is what is it 
for how we're most effective with parents. And that's one more thing that's on there. And there are some of these strategies that need to not just be HR-driven, but operationally based, like work-life, like flexibility, mm-hmm. you know, and really challenging some of the assumptions that, oh, you know, Shirley just went, took her kid to the doctor, or she doesn't care about her job. No, you don't know what she's doing at home at night to make up for it. Among all those items, and obviously, as uh, we've been talking, I think people can understand that there is still a, a challenge to what's going on. But what would you point to as being the biggest challenges employers are facing when it comes to being able to be fair, be accommodating, not only to the parents, but of course, as well to the rest of the employees? I think it would be two things. One is the speed of change, which everybody could acknowledge, because there's the way we've done business isn't necessarily going to inform. And the other is not even something that we'd be aware of. So how do we get a hold of the fact that we're operating through these old paradigms, that we have these unconscious biases that we're bringing? And that's why I bring this notion of how is it that we can, in fact, be intentional. Um, One of the things we work with a lot for a construct from the big construct from the second book is this notion of inclusive leadership. Forget what specific thing you're dealing with. This paradigm and the radical shifts that are occurring really require somebody to be in a new type of leadership today, thinking in a more transparent way, asking questions, getting variety of input where you did in other places. And this would also be true for parents in a way that we can say, okay, look, literally, we just had this discussion yesterday in my office. The young woman who had the child, Mm -hmm. she's coming back to work. And we were figuring out how are we going to work that along with the demands of the other gentlemen, along with the demands of all of the work. And we have Literally, on Monday, here's the way it's going to work. And on Tuesdays, here's the way it's going to work. And, you know, and I three times had to say, okay, help me connect the dots again. How is this going to work on Wednesday? And how are we going to, you know, and get the work done? And how are we going to keep the continuity? We spent two hours doing that. And that's in a, you know, in a small business. Organizationally, people need to, to really think about that with intentionality. And instead of me as the CEO figuring that out, Talk to the people who are involved. Get them together. What's going to work for them? Well, Shirley, you know, we've touched on a number of different aspects in regard to this subject, and I do appreciate you uh, giving some insight, some, some information from that research, and also just from your own experiences, I think some, some terrific examples for our listeners. But I did want to give you the floor at the end, as we do with all of our guests, to give our listeners a final message regarding this topic, anything you think is important or you'd like to emphasize for the last 30 seconds or so, the floor is yours. Hey, thanks so much. Every organization today needs to think about creating a culture of inclusion. How is it that you're going to get the best from your employees to drive engagement, productivity, innovation, and that they stick around? And that's really going to take a different way of doing business. So I want to thank you very much for the opportunity. It's been fun, and I hope it's helpful to your listeners. A pleasure to have you on, Shirley. Hopefully our listeners can take away some quality insight from today and uh, maybe we'll talk again down the road. So thanks for coming on the show. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. And with that, we'll wrap up this edition of Management Decisions and our conversation regarding moms versus dads in the workplace and really the bigger picture of inclusion in the workplace. We've been speaking with Shirley Engelmeyer today. She's the CEO of Inclusion, Inc., 
And if you'd like to get in touch with us, any feedback or any comments, maybe future show ideas, send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter at the LJN. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.